Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the motivation, the inspiration and to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. Today, I'm posing the question to you, which is who the heck are you? In other words, who do you think of yourself as? Who do you think you are? Are you a unique individual or are you something else altogether? This follows on from a theme we're going to be rolling out this week. On Monday, we were talking about the chemical puppet. In other words, the manipulators, the systems and processes, the mechanics beneath our skin, beneath our skulls in our brains and the chemistry set that runs and rules our every action, behavior, our thoughts, our feelings, and getting us really challenged, which of those are actually ours, which are the ones that we would want for ourselves, choose for ourselves, and which of those are manipulators that have been placed in there by either unforeseen circumstances in our own life, or potentially even put in there as like an inception, whether that's from big brand marketing, politics, media, social media, society as a whole, even your friends and your family. So I'm continuing this theme, which is all about setting yourself free. It's all about self-discovery. It's all about self-identification. And actually, it's about self-creation. In other words, creating yourself in your own image, creating yourself into an image of what you would want for yourself rather than maybe the person you become, which to some degree, if you go back and listen to Monday's episode, you'll see that you were created by committee. I've also run a few podcasts around this kind of topic in the past few weeks or so, because it's really important to start to understand that uh, what we believe as personal choice and what we believe as real and true and what we believe as, you know, what I want out of life and who I think I am out of life. Actually, many of these are deceptions and the deceptions that are holding you back from life, stopping you from being all you could be, stopping you from creating all you could, being as successful as you could and ultimately being as fulfilled and having the quality experience of life that you choose for yourself as well. So fundamentally, the question is, who do you think you are? Who the heck are you? Well, here's the thing. If I asked you, who are you? The chances are you'd introduce yourself with your name, right? And you'd say, hi, I'm George Swift, for example. And that's how you self-identify. Well, you know that you're so much more than that, but that's kind of the label that we've taken on for ourselves from the day we were born. We were born, the name was given to us, it was put into us, it was repeated over and over again, like you train a dog. We learned to respond to it. We then started to believe that's who we were. And now we would defend it to the death. I am George Swift. This is who I am. If we break that apart a little bit, then obviously we'll start to see that we've got other aspects to ourselves than just our name. You might say, in my case, I'm a man, I'm a father, I'm a partner, I'm a business owner, I'm an X, I'm a Y, I'm a Z. You may then go further than that. You know, you might sit there and start to break down further distinguishing traits. You might say that you're an optimist, you're a happy person, that you're a sad person, that you're you know, a driven person, a highly motivated person, you might start to break it down into characteristics and behaviors and all these sorts of things. But fundamentally, I want you to understand for a moment, when you think about yourself and you think about your name, how did that even come 
to pass. So obviously it was given to you at birth, you know that. If you've had your own children, you've done the same thing. And it would have gone something like this, okay? Dad comes up to mum, or prospective mum, and they talk about what names they'd like to call their child. And the dad says, you know what? I've always loved the name John. And then mum turns around and says, you know what? I had an uncle John, I never got on well with him. My mum said, however, I always loved the name Stephen. And the dad would turn around and say, do you know what? I had, uh, I had a Stephen um, at work once and you know what? He, uh, yeah, no, not for me. And then someone else says, you know what? I love the name Mark. And they say, no, you know, they'll get teased with the name Mark for whatever reason, right? And then they sit there and say, right, okay, well, what about this name? What about that name? And, you know, what comes together, someone says, what about George? And then you say, you know what? George is all right. And then suddenly you're called George. And... That's how your name was created. You know, as an unborn child or a newborn child, the name came into play, they wrote it on a piece of paper, and then you were brainwashed into being that person. In my case, brainwashed into being George Swift, right? That's how it happened. Well, actually, to be honest with you, my story was a little bit different. So let me share you my story. So my mum and dad, they had had my older sister already, and when I was born, they had the same conversation that every parent has had forever, which is, what do we call our child, right? And you know it's a significant thing because you anguish over it. You don't just pick up a name book and just pull one out. You know, sometimes you've had a name in your head for some time and that name's been in your head and you think, right, that's what I'm going to call my child when I have a child. And it might be been there for five years or 10 years, but then when it comes to having the child, it's not just necessarily your choice. It becomes a bit of a negotiation, and in my case, it was my mum and dad just chatting about names and various names came up, like Andrew and other names, I believe. And then uh, the name George came up, right? It was just in passing and the name George came up. Now, my granddad on my mum's side, his name was George. And uh, they just talked about it as one of the many names that potentially they might call me. My dad, <laughs> unbeknown to my mum, then went and had a conversation with my mum's parents, basically saying yeah, we're going to call him George, right? To which, of course, my nan was blown away that I would be named after her husband, after my granddad. It's, you know, one of the ultimate privileges, isn't it, right, to have a child named after you. And it was all really good, apart from the fact that my mum had no idea this conversation had happened. So my mum only found out from her own mum when her own mum saw her next and said to her, oh, we're so happy that you're calling a child George. And my mum certainly had not made that decision by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but my mum went, OK, we're kind of stuck with it now. Um, and everyone's happy, apart from my nan on my dad's side, because, of course, her husband died in the war. And therefore, I've now just been named after the other side, but not her side. So as an appeasement to that, I was given my granddad on my father's side, so my nan's husband, I was given his middle name, Douglas. So I was called George Douglas, and Swift, of course, was a surname, and therefore no one had any choice in that. So when I defend my own name, George Douglas Swift, to the death, this is who I am, and this is what I answer to, and if I hear anyone just shout the name out George, I automatically presume it's me, and you know everything I sign is me, and every time you have to declare yourself, hi, I'm George, and I'm George Swift, and, I'm... and you realise actually what I am was a clumsy slip-up, <laughs> or slip of the tongue, from my dad, an appeasement to my other nan, and something that nobody thought they had a choice in. George Douglas Swift. And everything else in our life is as tenuous as that. It's the best that two people 
can do initially. So mum and dad, this is you, mum and dad are both on the scene. Mum and dad, they come together, they name the child the best they can. They raise the child the best they can. Based on what? Well, based on their own previous experiences, based on their own values, based on what they like and don't like. And they compromise and together they kind of create this hybrid person in an image that they hold themselves. And what happens, of course, is then you step into that because you're conditioned and trained from birth to be George Douglas Swift and everything that George Douglas Swift is and, you know, the values of my mum and dad and everything I've just talked about. And then I take them on for myself and that's who I think I am. And then I go out and then society has a, a say in that as well. And they tell me who they think I am and friends will tell me who they think I am. And before you know it, you know, you're, you're this constructed hybrid person, which is a version of other people's ideas other people's concepts that have amalgamated into this version of myself, which I make the mistake of of thinking it's me. And then I perpetuate that personality, I perpetuate that person over and over again. So for many people, maybe they were said that they were the, you know, they were never going to be the intelligent one. Let's say, for example, a parent said, you know what, let's be honest, you're never going to be the intelligent one of the family. And they just took it on as an identity and they believe that to be true and they go and perpetuate that as a version they believe of who they actually are, rather than actually it was a construct that was created from someone else. Someone else might be sat there and said, you know what, you're always going to be a winner in life. You know, we have such high expectations from you. And that person takes that on board and they're trying to appease their mum and dad and appease their teachers or whoever else has been involved in the collective configuration of their personality. And they go out there and then they take on this, you know, this, this kind of persona of someone that has to do well and the drive and, you know, they have become a perfectionist and, you know, maybe they become highly driven, highly successful, but they still aren't necessarily happy because they're always trying to prove something or whatever it might be. You understand this, right? You get how it works. The point is podcast actually to say, who the heck are you? It's actually asking you to disseminate between all of the aspects of yourself that actually aren't you. They're amalgamations of other people's interpretations of you, concepts of you, training of you, just like they would train a dog. Other people's ideas of right and wrong and good and bad. And actually start to break that apart and start to ask the real deep question, which is, well, who the heck am I then? You know, if, if George Douglas Swift is just a label that I was given, which was an amalgamation of my mum and dad coming together, a bit of a cock up, an appeasement to my nan and a surname that everyone thought there was no choice in the matter you know, who could I be? If I took back the choice, who could I be? Now, you may decide to go out and change your name. And many people have done that because when they re-identify themselves or when they want to re, uh, redesign themselves, they start by maybe potentially changing their name or maybe they start with an idea of who that person is. And then they come up with a new name that fits that new identity because they feel trapped by the old identity. Now, I'm not saying you have to necessarily do that. I've never felt the urge to go out and change my name. I was bullied and picked on for many of my childhood years because George, if you're a certain age, you'll remember George and Mildred, which was a uh, comedy uh, program in TV when I was little. Uh, George and uh, Zippy and Bungle. So I was always asked where Zippy and Bungle were because George was this sort of slightly dopey but lovable hippopotamus on uh, Rainbow. And of course, if you're a certain age, no one will ever forget this one. Georgie Porgy, Puddin' and Pie, kissed the girls and made them cry. When the girls come out to play, Georgie Porgy ran away. Okay, and of course, that then haunted me for the whole of my primary school. So I've had my fair share of torment about my name, and I kind of cursed my mum and dad occasionally in the past this name, right? However, like most people, you get over it. 
and uh, and actually you become attached to your own name and I'm very proud of the name that I have. And there's no need for me to even think about changing my name, certainly the age I am at now, and I never really considered it even in the past. However, one of the things that it did show me is actually if I held on so tightly to this idea that I was George Douglas Swift and this is who I was as opposed to this is who was created as a name, you start to realise, oh my God, my behaviours, my viewpoints, my perspectives, my thought patterns, all of these as well were also put into me. So, you know, there were some ideas in the world that my dad would have put into me, for example, that, you know, that would have been just a mistake. Like, you know, telling my nan they're going to call me George before they'd made that decision, right? So there'd be things that were just a mistake. He was having a bad day and maybe he criticised something or my mum might criticise something. I don't remember any, any particular, I'm just using an example in your own life. You know, potentially your mum, your dad had a bad day and they just made a mistake, right? And that went in and that became part of your psyche, part of your personality, part of who you were. And that affects your behaviours now and maybe how you live your life now. And therefore, ultimately what you have now in your life and the life that you live now. And maybe there was other aspects of your upbringing or my upbringing where these were appeasements, you know? It's like, you know, doing the thing you thought you should do, appeasing other people or appeasing society, Maybe they didn't necessarily truly believe in it, but they thought it was still the right thing to do. So I, that was instilled in me as well. And that became part of who I am. And I, I believe that's who I am as well. And then there'll be things that people believe absolutely there are no choice over. You know, there's no choice over. You must do this. You must do that. For some people, you know, there's no choice. You must get a good education. Many children are raised. You must get a good education. Other children are raised where they're saying, you know what? You must go out and earn a living. You must go out and graft. You must work hard in this world. Other people are, you must go out and follow your dreams, follow your passion. Other people are, forget your dreams, forget your passion. You've got to go out and do what you need to do to provide for your family. And all these ideas and concepts, none of them are you know, ill-meaning, none of them are mean, none of them were put into you to, as an experiment to see how they could fuck a person up. However, they're all in you now. They're all part of your personality. And just like your name, you wear them like this is it. This is who I am. And this is, you know, who I present myself to the world as. And there's a, a version of life that this person gets to live. And there's a version of success that this person gets to have. And there's a, you know, version of, of fulfillment that this person gets to exist in. And then you start to realise if if you're frustrated in life or you just understand that life can be better than what it is right now. I can have a better experience of life. I could create more in life, do more in life. I can have a bigger impact in life. And then you start to realise actually that many of these self-identifiers that aren't even mine, they were put in me and planted in me, were actually the things that have been holding me back to where I am right now. And therefore, I need to re-identify myself. I need to redesign myself. I need to reinvent myself. I need to step into a version of myself that I choose myself, step into a version of myself that I can be proud of. But before you can recreate who you are, you have to understand that you were created in the first place. You see, if it's not me, this isn't who I actually am, but this is who I was created to be. This is who you were made to be through the same principles I'm sharing here right now and through your own chance experience of life. And I talked about on Monday about your witnessing of life. So other people's experiences and also the teaching and the lessons that you receive through life, whether that's through your teachers, through your mum and dad, your peers, through your bosses, through TV programs, film, media, magazines, the books you read, whatever it is, all these versions of right and wrong, these versions of how you should be and shouldn't be, 
who you are and who you want, all this goes in and it starts to create this hybrid version of yourself that I call it. And before you can redesign it, reinvent it, rebuild it, you have to understand that fundamentally it was designed and built in the first place, but it was designed and built by a committee without an organized thought about what they were doing. Mum and dad didn't sit back and say, right, before we interact with our child, how are we trying to shape our child? What do we want them to be like? What sort of future do we want them to have? All they thought was, you know, they want me to be happy and based on their own values, their own belief systems, their own experiences of life, their own self-imposed limitations based on their own experiences that I'm describing here right now that they also had, they did the best they possibly could. And so did your mum and dad. And so did all the other mums and dads. They did the best they possibly could with what they had access to. However, what they didn't have access to was a fundamental blueprint of your true self. They created a version of you that they thought was going to help you be successful based on their own definitions of success. So for some people, it's about don't be too rich. For other people, you must go out and make loads of money. For some people, it was, you know, everything is about the family. And for other people, it's like you sacrifice your family to go for everything. Whatever the lessons were, right, where they're contradictory in terms, sometimes they are, or where they complement each other. The truth of the matter is what you had was a whole hodgepodge of ideas and constructs and concepts of who you are, how you should be. You took them on, you make them yourself, just like you strongly believe vehemently that you are your name and that is your overriding identifier. And then you go out and you live that in the world and you share that with the world and everyone interacts with that in the world. And therefore, of course, you get to create a version of the world that you exist in based on those identities, based on those behaviors, that personality, even how you see yourself, see the world, see other people in the world. So little of this was you. I said this on Monday and I've said this in previous podcasts some weeks ago. So little of who you are is actually you. So little of your life is actually what you have actually created. Now, I know, of course, you are you and the life you've created, you went out and created. What I mean by this is you didn't necessarily choose this stuff. It was stuff that was in you. It was habitual thought patterns that you were brainwashed with, again, with no ill intent. But you were brainwashed into being George Douglas Swift. I was brainwashed into being a good boy or being a quiet lad or being outspoken and confident or being humble and respectful, asking for what you want or don't ask for what you want. You'll never get all these different lessons that we have from our parents that are, again, uh, an amalgamation of all of their experiences in life and who they believed they were. And then they became those people. It just makes sense. And this is how we perpetuate it. But we live in a time of understanding like never before, where we really understand how we are created, how personalities are created, behaviors are created. You know, I'm having a conversation with you right now, explaining to you, you know, that, that you were a created manifestation of who you have become, which a model I share quite often, and I've shared it on this podcast previously, is like having, you know, 20 people in a room, each with a lump of clay and saying, right, build me a human being. And they do it not by committee, but individually. So, you know, everyone does the best they can. Someone builds a leg, someone else builds a leg, somebody else builds a third leg because they're not talking to each other. They're not, they're not aware of the impact that each are having. They're not trying to build a singular person. So, you know, grandparents give you certain values in life and mum gives you certain values and dad gives you certain values and your teacher's and your heroes that you worship, whether they're movie stars, pop stars, whatever, they give you a version. And what happens, of course, is that it's like this deformed clay character that you think is you, and you hobble through life tormented by the fact that life isn't working as well as it could and as well as it should. 
knowing somehow that it could be better, that you could be better, but trapped in this this disfigured form that is a committee coming together without communicating around the overall finished complete article they're trying to create, all working independently, trying to do the best they can to create this incredible sculpture. And inevitably, when you work like that, when something gets born into life like that, of course, it's going to have some really good points and it's going to have some negative points. It's going to have some things that work really well and it'll have some things that don't work so well. It'll have some things that massively contradict each other. So you might have, for example, I don't know, someone building the leg uh, to be a strong muscular leg and somebody else building this, you know, very lithe, lean, slim arm because they're not talking to each other. They've both got their own ideas of what makes a great human being, what makes a great sculpture. So the analogy I always share, and I've shared it again on this podcast previously, is you know take the carving tools back for yourself. Take the raw material that everyone's given you. Take the raw material that mum and dad and society, your friends, your family, all your experience to this point. Take all that raw material, and instead of hobbling through life, you know this this disformed creature trying to do the best you can, where you're trying to be happy, but you've got these things that are holding you back from happiness. You're trying to be a great parent but there's other aspects of your personality that are getting in the way of that you're trying to be a i don't know an athlete a slim person a healthy person but there's other aspects in your personality that are holding you back into you know greed or into being unhealthy there's aspects of you trying to be successful in business but there's other aspects in you trying to be the perfect mum and the perfect dad and they're not necessarily complementing each other because they weren't instilled as a singular thing they weren't built into you harmoniously there were different values and concepts and beliefs and ideas that were all thrown into the same melting pot. So take the carving tools and start to carve yourself out again. Start to create a version of yourself that you can be proud of. Start to create the version of yourself out of that raw material. You'd have to throw it all away. You know, mum and dad and society, they've done a great job on a lot of who you are. There's many, many winning talents within you, winning personality traits, winning behaviours, there's also other aspects of yourself that are getting in the way. And a big part of personal development is always about, you know, capitalizing on the best of who you are, removing or limiting the worst aspects of who you are, and then adding whatever else is needed. That's personal development. That's the ongoing journey of bettering oneself. And I want you to think of it like, you know, like building this clay statue, this clay figure that is yourself. And you can get rid of a bit here and get rid of a bit here and add a bit there and add a bit there and refine a little piece here. You can take a certain part that really works well and you can capitalize on that and build around that. And this is what you need to do in life if you want to just create the best version of yourself. You don't have to throw it all out and start again. You start with what you've got, what you've been given. And everyone did the best they possibly could. No one went out to destroy a human being. No parent went out to harm their child by creating a dysfunctional personality. No one went out there and said, right, let me fuck this person up by giving them this bad lesson in life. You may have had some bad lessons in life. I may have had some bad lessons in life. They weren't deliberate. They weren't deliberate acts. They were flaws potentially in the person that was instilling it in you. But I can tell you now, people were doing the best they can to help you in the best way that they knew how, but it was limited in terms of how they knew how to create you in the best possible way. Does this make sense? So take that raw material, feel blessed for the raw material that society's given you, family's given you, mum and dad have given you. 
And even all the shit that they gave you and all the stuff that's happened in your past and even all of the chance experiences of life that maybe have damaged you and you know maybe deformed an aspect of your personality, it's be grateful for all of that raw material because out of that raw material, you can carve out a version of yourself that you can stand in front of yourself and be truly proud of who you are, a version of yourself that can go out and achieve what you want to achieve, be who you want to be, have what you want to have, help in the way you want to help, be the parent you want to be, be the father, the mother you want to be, be the partner you want to be, the wife, the husband, be the business owner you want to be. Whatever it is that you want to create a life, it starts from an identity within you and you need to bring that identity to the surface and it's yours to do. Because if you don't pick up the carving tools, then society and the world will continue to create a version of yourself that they think you should be. So for me, this week is all about setting yourself free. And what I want you to do is set yourself free from the confines, from the limitations of those people that created the version of yourself that you are, that you then took on and believed to be true, and then went out and continued to build upon I want you to understand that you can strip that back and you can start to create a version of yourself based on your own identity, based on your values, based on your beliefs, based on what you want to be in life, who you want to be in life. And of course, therefore, what impact you want to have in life and other people, what you want to create and achieve for yourself and those people around you. Set yourself free, pick up the tools and be who you need to be, be who you want to be based on your terms. Awesome, guys. Thank you very much for listening. As always, I never take it lightly. I'm well aware there are so many people out there, whether it's podcasts, blogs, books. There are so many people out there vying for your attention, vying for your time right now. And therefore, as always, I do not take it lightly that you've chosen to spend these 25 minutes with me. As always, I try and bring the best possible content I can to you, the small ambitious business owner, to help you navigate life as a business owner, but also as a human being. So you can be the best person you can be, the best business owner that you can be, and therefore go out and create the best life you possibly can. To help you on your way, if you are a five-figure service-based business, you're currently doing 10, 20, 30, 40, maybe 50,000 in revenue, but for whatever reason, you haven't yet hit 100 grand, then the six-figure fast track is waiting for you right now. You can find that at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track. I'll drop the link in the descriptions of this podcast. You'll also find a link there to my book and to some other free resources there to help you on your ongoing journey. Don't forget also to go back and listen to the back episodes of this podcast. 172 other episodes designed specifically with you, the small, ambitious business owner in mind to help you go out there and create the success that you want, come rain or shine, given good economy, bad economy, whatever the fuck it is that we are currently going through right now as a nation and as a global population to help you go out and create the life, the fulfillment that you want in your personal life. And of course, to achieve that through the success of your business. Go and get yourself on the Six Figure Fast Track. I'll take you through the Six Figure Mindset, the Six Figure Business Model, and the Six Figure Day-to-Day Methodologies that you need to have in place. And more importantly, the stuff you need to remove that's holding you back so that you can go out there and achieve that 100K in the next 12 months or less. The rules for success, they haven't changed one iota, even given the current situation we find ourselves in right now, economically and also as a society. However, it's become 10 times more important that we apply the rules that achieve that 
success. Go find that biggerbyboulder.co.uk forward slash fast track. I will see you here next time. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.